The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I felt like last time I talked, we, we, we kind of, in a way, had come, have come to an end of the very long series that I offered on the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. So I was feeling like a new topic, what, 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 to, what to, uh, to bring. And um, what occurred to me is something that's near and dear to my own heart, and that is to um, reflect about supports for practicing in the midst of our lives, supports for practice in daily life. And so the way I thought I would do this is, you know, I've been practicing with daily life practice for so many years, and um, I have a lot of supports that I offer uh, sometimes on on a daily life retreat. I do a daily life retreat where we go through various tools and supports for practice in daily life over the course of a week. Um, I sometimes will offer a talk at the end of retreat about how to bring what we've done on retreat back into daily life. And then I do speak about it in, um, you know, in bits and pieces uh, in these classes. But I just thought to kind of collect together some of these tools and uh, supports and not try to do them all at once, but just, you know, offer one reflection each day and uh, and then have a conversation about it and what you're noticing in daily life. So have it be a little more interactive. So just start with a little bit of a kind of an orientation, I guess. For myself, practicing in daily life, the kind of curiosity about being aware of what's happening for myself in daily life was my earliest practice. I wasn't so interested in sitting meditation, um, but I was interested in understanding how I was getting so caught and stuck in difficult emotions. And so having read a book about mindfulness that actually was a little bit oriented towards practicing in the midst of life, I decided to just dive in there. And, um, and so uh, this is it's my first practice, and I learned so much. Actually, I got into the sitting practice because at some point I, I realized, wow, this is really useful for, you know, for learning how to be with myself and to navigate stuff in my daily life. Maybe this is why they call it practice. Maybe this is why they call this, uh, this sitting thing practice because it supports you to begin to, it, it's practice for being aware in the midst of our daily lives. And so that's why I started sitting. It, it, I didn't really start sitting until a couple of months after exploring my experience in daily life. And in that process, um, there were a few kind of tools and tricks that I started with that seemed to be a good place to begin um, in terms of offering supports for daily life practice. So I'll, I'll start with some of those first those first things that I that I played with. But first, I will just offer because sometimes in in this kind of a 
um, exploration, some time into talking about how to practice in daily life, someone will ask me the question like, why, why, why do we do this? Why do we try to be mindful in daily life? Um, it feels like it just is, it's, it's hard in the first place. And, and, you know, it feels like I'm just like noticing all the struggles. And so why do we do this? And I'd say that, um, you know, our daily lives are unfold. Our daily lives unfold based on what's happened happened in our past, you know, kind of the conditions of our past. We um, are, are often acting from very old, deep habits, patterns, conditioning, that we're not so aware of. It's kind of below, a lot of times below the surface of what we are consciously aware of. Kind of, we, we might think of it as below our conscious awareness. So in our subconscious, we, we will burst out and say something and think, why did I say that? Or we feel a kind of an urge or a momentum of some emotion and, and we know it's connected to old stuff and not so much uh, related to what's happening here, but we, we, we just can't stop ourselves from acting. And so there's a lot of suffering that happens because of that acting from old conditioning, acting from old habits and patterns. And we suffer. We struggle with that. And people around us suffer and struggle with that. And these kind of habits and patterns meet each other and we have conflict in our families, with our friends, with people that are difficult for us. It's like across the board, we, we struggle with this. We have, we have, we have, um, stress, anxiety, confusion, anger, frustration, all kinds of things that come up because we are not aware. And so the first piece really is to begin to get curious about, can we be aware of what's happening underneath? And yes, we can be aware of what's going on. It's just that our habit of mind tends to have, we tend to have a different relationship. We tend to have a relationship when those habits and patterns of mind come up. We tend to have the relationship with them or embedded in those emotions, embedded in frustration, embedded in confusion, embedded in anger, is the idea that I have to follow this, act with this anger. This anger knows what to do. This frustration kind of, you know, it's like, I have to figure this out as opposed to the, the kind of the curiosity of, well, what does it feel like to be a human being experiencing this in daily life, in this place, in this time? So this, this um, practice in daily life is to begin to, to orient more towards that curiosity. When we notice something happening, what, what, um, what does it feel like? Not what do I need to do about it, 
but what does it feel like? And that is the first step when we can begin to land with that, that that experience of what does it feel like. That begins to bring that unconscious or subconscious uh, conditioning into the surface. And we get a little bit, we get a little bit of choice potentially about whether to act from that. Maybe we get a little bit. Over time, that grows. Over time, we gain that capacity more and more. When we uh, begin to see what's happening for ourselves with this tool of mindfulness, when we can recognize, oh, this is what's happening. That very recognition can create just a little space to give us a choice. Do we act? How do we act? Do we hold our tongue? Not say something that's just going to burst forth. So, um, so this is a kind of a, a motivation perhaps for bringing mindfulness into our daily lives because it, it does begin to, to help us not only to see the way we're struggling and suffering, to see the conditioning, it gives us some space around it. Often it gives us enough space so that, so that we um, we can navigate it in a more skillful way. And the very first piece around practice in daily life, for me at least, I mean, there are so many different doorways in to daily life practice. And so that this is why I'm going to you know, like just offer a piece each day, you know, each time I, I'm giving the talks on these mornings over the course of, I don't know how long it's going to go. We'll see, um, you know, how many days we'll explore different tools or avenues or ways in. Um, but for me, the first avenue in was really beginning to try to bring mindfulness into what's happening in my day. So that's where, that's where we'll start. This, this first, this first piece, I, I'm, I'm hoping to just offer a couple of pieces. One, um, kind of recognizing mindfulness in daily life and a support for how to do that. So that's, that's where I'll start today. But in order to do this, you know, it's like it, it, it sounds so kind of technical or something as we begin to, to, to explore it, like recognize the moment that mindfulness returns in daily life. I said, well, why would I want to do that? Or a tool that helps you do that. You know, it's like, well, it seems so like, like silly or ridiculous. It's, it's kind of like the way we begin in sitting practice. We offer a very simple thing like Try to be with your breath. And it's not that the breath is the goal, but it really begins to cultivate that capacity we have to be mindful. And we also, with this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with this analogy, essentially. So in, in beginning, often in beginning meditation instructions, we do use a simple tool like, okay, you sit down, you close your eyes, and you try to be with the breath. It's like you turn your attention and try to be with the, the breath. And the first thing you notice pretty much is that the mind wanders. You know, that, that it's not easy to be with the breath. And so what you, you don't actually notice so much the mind wandering. You notice the moment that 
you've recognized that the mind has been wandering. So essentially in that early practice in sitting, what you are mainly noticing is, well, sometimes you're with the breath, so you're kind of like noticing that when you can, but often what you're noticing is the return of mindfulness after your mind has wandered. So you notice the return of mindfulness and often then the instruction is come back to the breath. In the, in the sitting, I really encouraged noticing that the mindfulness has returned. And that's, that's, that's a good skill to practice in the sitting that can help carry into daily life. So noticing in that moment, after the mindful mind has wandered, that the mindfulness has returned. What is that experience like? What is it like for mindfulness to return? In that moment when mindfulness returns, if we are, if we are, if we're thinking about, oh, the first thing I need to do is get back to the breath, we might miss that we can actually recognize a difference there. As the, as the mindfulness returns, there's, there's a kind of, there's a, a kind of a difference between what it's like for mindfulness to be here right now and what it was like a moment before when mindfulness was lost. So if we can orient in that moment to, oh, this is what it's like for mindfulness to be here, as opposed to immediately jump to go back to the breath. Just like, oh, mindfulness is back. Okay. Wow. This is what it feels like. And often it's, it's not, it's, it's kind of interesting because that moment of recognizing mindfulness return or noticing mindfulness itself in that moment, it's both very clear. We know that mindfulness is back, but we don't quite know how we know. And it's like we couldn't really describe. I mean, I use some analogies sometimes, like the light comes on or um, something like that. But but the, describing the experience of mindfulness returning is pretty pretty challenging. We don't have we don't have a lot of language for that. But we can begin to recognize it without language. So so that's a that's a, a place actually where there's a there's some overlap between daily life practice and sitting practice. And in sitting practice, if you can you know, uh, have that curiosity, not judge yourself for the fact that mindfulness wanders, um, that the mind wanders and that, you know, mindfulness is returning. It's like every time you're sitting, that moment of mindfulness returning is an opportunity to get familiar with what it feels like for mindfulness to return. And as you get familiar with that in sitting practice, you can also uh, get familiar with it in daily life. Then what, what I'd say in daily life is that that moment of mindfulness returning, it happens actually quite a lot, but it doesn't quite come to the point where we consciously recognize, oh, there's mindfulness. Because very quickly when we become aware of something like, you know, I'm walking down the street and I hear a motorcycle, you know, it's like, or, or there's some loud sound and there's a little bit of a startle. If I've been lost in thought, there's a little bit of a startle and there's, you know, the kind of like orientation back to being here, hearing this sound. But mostly what the mind will do in that moment is kind of orient to the sound and think about the sound. You know, it's like, so it's interrupted. That sound has interrupted the, the, the kind of, if you've been lost in thought, that sound has kind of woken you up and brought you back into the present, but only for a split second, because if we're not oriented around recognizing mindfulness in, in our daily lives, recognizing what that's like for mindfulness to return, 
we will kind of jump onto what mindfulness has recognized. That's our habit. When mindfulness uh, attaches to something or when, when attention kind of connects with something, our habit is to go to the object and think about it. And so to kind of orient to what is it like for mindfulness to return in daily life, this is not an easy thing. While it happens all the time that, you know, we get a like a split second of mindfulness, we rarely recognize it, especially at the beginning, at the beginning of this kind of practice. And so this is the, this is a, this is a first kind of, of piece is can you begin to be curious about when mindfulness returns in daily life? This is my main daily life practice at this point. And, you know, that combined with um, as the mindful, you know, as I recognize mindfulness returning, it kind of, it's kind of at this point, it kind of fades in and out. It, it doesn't get too far lost, but it's stronger and weaker at times. And, and so sometimes I can ride the wave of, of mindfulness for a stretch of time and just be like in my kitchen and preparing a meal and being fairly mindful for the entire time. You know, so there's kind of like riding those waves and then there's the recognizing those returns. So these are, these are my main daily life practices right now, but it's taken years for me to get there. Um, so this, this practice of, recognizing that mindfulness returns the moment mindfulness returns i found there's some um tools that can help us to begin to recognize that moment it's kind of like in our you know we need some kind of a reference point to help us um recognize that mindfulness has returned in daily life, we like in the sitting practice, we've got a lot of reference points to help us remember that mindfulness has returned. We're sitting, first of all, often we're in a still posture, often our eyes are closed. And just the very posture helps us to remember when we kind of recognize, you know, oh, I'm not actually having that conversation with that person. I'm attempting to be present with myself. So there's those things that help us to recognize that mindfulness has returned, just the simple act of sitting. And then if we have a, a, a reference point like the breath, we often um, can recognize, oh, I'm not with the breath. The mind has wandered off of the breath. And so there's a, the, you know, the breath can serve as a useful reference point to help us realize, oh, the mind, the mind lost its, its kind of focus on the breath. So in daily life, we lose all of these, you know, we're not sitting in a still posture with anything to help us remember to be mindful so much. Um, and so, um, and, and yeah, we don't have necessarily a reference point like the breath or something like that because we're doing so many things. And so I found this, and this was a suggestion I got from one of that early book, the book that I'm, um, I don't know if it came from this book. I actually read back through that book to try to figure out where did I get this idea so that I could credit whoever it was that gave it to me. But I, I haven't been able to find it. But I seem to connect it with the book Everyday Zen by Joko Beck. Um, this idea of rather than trying to be 
mindful all day long, which is kind of that's that's what often we do on 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 retreat, and that's what we're instructed to try to do as we sit in a in a in a meditation, is to cultivate the mindfulness as much as possible in that time, you know, to to keep coming back to the mindfulness over and over and over again, and so. Uh, we might have that idea, okay, what it means in daily life to, to cultivate mindfulness is to try to do it all day long. And that's a great aspiration, but I find it's a pretty high bar. And for myself, um, I had I had attempted to do that. I had actually met mindfulness um, sometime in my 20s, I think. I'd read this book, The Miracle of Mindfulness by Thich Nhat Hanh, and that was also encouraging daily life mindfulness, but, and it's like, wow, that sounds cool. I'll try that. I'm going to try that tomorrow. You know, I was reading the book at night. I'll try that tomorrow. And, and I forget until I picked up the book the next night. And after about a week of that, I just thought, well, I guess I can't do this. You know, I don't know how to do this. And so I forgot about mindfulness until I met it again about 15 years later. And that time I had, you know, this other book that I had encouraged something more like a project, you know, pick something, pick something that you, you want to kind of orient mindfulness with. And so this, this, um, this brings a, um, a tool in that I found really useful. That is, uh, I picked two things and, and one of them was, um, was picking the thing that was really stressing me out, which was my anger. So I was like, okay, anytime I'm anger, I'm going to try angry. I'm going to try to be aware of that. Now that one, that tool I'm going to talk about later. I'm not going to talk about that one right now. I'm just going to talk about the basics of recognizing mindfulness today. So the other tool that I picked, and it was kind of, you know, there were no suggestions as far as I remember in this book about picking, you know, some project to be mindful of, but I picked something really neutral um, just as a kind of like, okay, I'm just going to see, can I be mindful when I do this activity? So, you know, so I had these two things. I'm going to try to be mindful when anger comes up and I'm going to try to be mindful when I do this really simple activity. And I picked something that happened regularly through my day, through the bulk of my day. I was, I worked on computers all day. Um, and at that point, this was in the like late nineties, I was switching between DOS and windows on my computer a lot. Um, you know, to, 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 I was a programmer, so I needed to go back to DOS to do some of the programming, then I go back to windows to test it out. So I did that a lot, you know, six times an hour, something like that. So quite a lot. I would, I did that activity and I decided to just see if I could become aware of that. And, um, as I explored this, you know, at first what happened for me was that um, it was the, it was the end of the day. You know, it was kind of like that book that I'd put down years before. It was like, I was going to bed at night and it's like, wow, I don't think I remembered once. I know that I switched between DOS and Windows many times today and I didn't notice it once. This time, to my credit, I didn't give up. You know, I, I just, I said, well, I'm just going to try again. I'm just going to try again. You know, see, I, yeah, okay, I'm just going to try again. The book says it's possible. I'm going to try again. And I encourage that kind of attitude <laughs> because that what I'm describing here about what happened for me 
is probably the same kind of thing that will happen for you. It takes time to begin to connect with these experiences. Now, it took me a while to realize this, but that moment that I recognized or thought, that moment that I thought, wow, I haven't remembered mindfulness in that activity all day long. I didn't remember once. That very moment was mindfulness returning connected to that activity. There was the, the thinking about, oh, I didn't remember to be mindful in, of that activity. It's kind of like the mind wanders. It's like, oh, I'm not paying attention to the breath in sitting meditation. It's that, it's that kind of a reference point, something that happens regularly through the day. So, you know, you may sit in meditation and maybe your mind wanders 15 minutes. You know you've been breathing for a long time. The mind remembers, oh, haven't been noticing the breathing. So this, this, this um, remembering of the reference point in that moment, like, okay, yep, have not remembered switching between Dawson windows on my computer all day long. That was the first moment that the, actually that the mindfulness began to get connected to that activity. And subsequently, in, in exploring this with other people, I encourage people in that recognition, knowing, oh, wow, I haven't remembered that. Just in that moment, take in, oh, there's a moment of mindfulness returning. Mindfulness is back in that moment. You have the ability, the, the capacity in that moment to just check in. How am I right now? So mindfulness has returned. What's it like for mindfulness to return? And how am I right now? In a really light, simple way. And then what the other piece that I discovered for myself around this practice of using this kind of a tool is to just get on with my day, to not try to hold on to mindfulness in that moment. Just notice that mindfulness has returned and then just carry on like the first night, yep, just getting into bed, preparing for bed, all of that stuff, not trying to hold on to it. Oh, I didn't remember Okay, here's mindfulness, and yeah, I'll keep trying. So over the course of a couple weeks, what seemed to happen with this project that I picked is that I would remember, like the first few days, I think I remembered at bedtime. And then, you know, and then I started remembering a couple times in the middle of the day, like when I took my lunch break. My mind would rest and relax and it'd be like, oh yeah, that project, haven't been remembering it. Again, just like, okay, I'm just going to keep trying. That was how I approached it really was just, I'm going to keep trying. And, and I encourage people to have that attitude, but also to in that moment, oh, there's mindfulness. That's a moment of mindfulness returning in daily life. What's it like? Oh, I'm eating lunch. What's it like? You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm Chewing, that's what's going on. <laughs> so just kind of like in those moments when mindfulness returns, it's like you can't in that moment go and be mindful of that activity. Like I could, I was eating lunch. I wasn't able to like, oh, let me put myself in front of my computer and be mindful of switching between DOS and Windows. But I could be mindful in that moment of what was happening in that moment. Just lightly, really light touch. So a light touch is another piece I encourage here. A light touch of that. Oh, I'm aware. What's obvious? You can't go back to your reference reference point often in that moment. So it's just like, well, what's obvious? What's here? Oh, I'm tense. I'm relaxed. I'm eating. I'm 
thinking, whatever it is that's happening. And so over the course of a couple of weeks, I began to notice that I was remembering that I wasn't remembering more times in the day. So I still wasn't really connecting it to that switching between DOS and Windows on my computer. That event happened pretty fast. It was just a little split second. And in retrospect, you know, it's like I was in the midst of like, like really um, concentrated focus on what I was doing. It was a hard thing to pick, actually, you know, because the mind was right in the midst of something. It's like, oh, I need to hold on to that and remember that and then switch to DOS and do that thing and then go back. It's like it was not an easy thing to do because the mind was so engaged. But I got a lot of moments of remembering mindfulness, remembering that I hadn't recognized it. So, you know, probably seven, eight times in the day, I got that, oh, I'm aware, haven't remembered. Okay, just keep trying. And in in your own kind of connecting with something like this, and I will encourage you, I would encourage you to pick something, you know, that would happen regularly through your day. Like for me, I picked something that happened, you know, six times an hour. So could, you know, could be something like, um, you know, reaching for something. That's a hard one, actually. Reaching is a hard one. But you might pick something like drinking a drinking water or um, opening doors. That's a good one. Opening anything, like opening the refrigerator, opening a drawer, opening a book. You know, it's, it's a, uh, you know, so any, any, any kind of thing like that. You know, just pick something neutral that happens regularly through your day and then begin, you know, just have that commitment. It's like an intention. Can I remember when that happens? So for myself, again, over the course of a few weeks, I began to see, you know, I kind of got a little bit of like, well, at least I'm remembering that I've forgotten, you know, I'm remembering that I haven't remembered. And I began to, I think I began to also see a little bit of benefit of just a little breaking in of, Oh, I'm aware of what's happening right now. Even if it's not connected with Dawson Windows, you know, so with that activity that I picked, there's a little bit of like, oh yeah, here I am. A little bit of like landing with myself multiple times through the day. And then over time, I remember, I remember at one point the day, you know, it's kind of like I noticed it. I noticed right after I had done the activity. I switched between DOS and Windows and was like, oh, I just did it. So it's like a split second after it had happened. That got very, I was very excited at that point. It's like, wow, I almost caught it. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then very quickly after that, I did begin to notice it. And so then, then what happened is that that activity almost became a little mindfulness bell that when I did it, it's like, ooh, I got a little like burst of being aware. And, you know, and again, not holding on to it because, you know, in the midst of that activity of programming, to try to hold on to mindfulness kind of disrupts the concentration that has to happen to do that activity. So I didn't try to hold on to it. But just like, oh, there, here it is. This is, yep. I'm aware. And, you know, it was, it was a very neutral thing that I picked there. And that was actually interesting in contrast to the picking the anger, picking, you know, picking, being mindful of anger. I was really glad actually that I had circumstantially, happenstantially picked 
something really neutral because it gave me the possibility. You know, when I became aware of anger, it was really unpleasant. It was like hard to be aware of that. And um, when I became aware of these moments of, oh, I haven't remembered, I got all kinds of things. You know, sometimes I was relaxed, sometimes I was eating, sometimes I was delighted, sometimes. So there was a lot going on. And there wasn't a lot of charge around becoming mindful of that activity. And so I got a, a sense or a flavor of mindfulness being able to uh, connect with lots of things, not just like really painful things. So that, that was useful to, to have that kind of contrast, actually. So over the course of, um, you know, I'd say it was probably a few weeks, I got to the place where I could start to be aware when that happened. And then I could start to see just before it would happen. That was interesting. I would know I was going to switch between Dawson windows before I switch between Dawson windows. That's actually a really interesting moment. You know, we can, in that moment, we can start to notice why we're going to do something. Now, in this case, it was pretty, you know, it was connected to what I was doing, you know, it's just connected to, oh, I need to do this because this is the next thing I need to do. This is the, you know, this is the flow of what I'm doing with this program. I need to do this. But there's other other ways that that kind of beginning to connect with why am I going to do this? You know, sometimes sometimes people pick touching their cell phone as an activity. Um, and that's really interesting as you begin to, you know, notice, oh, I, I'm touching my cell phone. You know, it's like we touch it so often without necessarily many people, at least, you know, uh, kind of have a habit of just picking it up and looking at it, picking it up and looking at it. And so if you get to that place where you can, um, you know, know you're going to touch your cell phone beforehand, you can, you can know why you're going to do it. You can check in and see, is this just habit or do, is there something actually I need to check? You know, so, so there's, there's all kinds of uh, interesting things that we can begin to learn by having this kind of a tool, to have this kind of a, a tool. So I would encourage you, so that kind of the, the, the summary of this tool is something that happens regularly through your day. And I find it useful to encourage people to do something or pick something that's an intentional activity, something you have to initiate, as opposed to like setting the, the bell on your computer, on your, on your phone to ring or some alarm on your phone to ring every 10 minutes you know, to kind of program that. That's a useful thing to do. That can be a really useful thing to do. But that's happening from outside. You're trying to connect with a, you're trying to remember or let something like break you into mindfulness from the outside. And this this tool that I'm offering is more an initiation, something that you're choosing to do, some activity you're choosing to do. So there's going to be some motivation, some reason why you're choosing to do it. And that's a piece of this exploration to begin to see before you do it. You, know, you can begin to notice, I'm going to act before I act. That, that kind of thing doesn't happen with the setting an alarm. So picking some intentional activity that happens regularly through the day. 
when you know and you'll first notice it not connected with the activity so much you know it, it it might be that you just remember that you've forgotten that's where it begins and i'd say in those moments of remembering so those moments are moments of recognizing mindfulness returning notice that see if you can start to get familiar with that experience of mindfulness returning around the um this kind of project that uh, that you picked. What does it feel like for mindfulness to return? So that first piece that I talked about, noticing that mindfulness returns. This tool of picking something that happens regularly through your day gives you opportunities to notice that mindfulness has returned. And so letting that be a piece of this. And then I would say, when you notice this moment of mindfulness returning, like, you know, you might be able to ride it for a little while, but don't necessarily try to hold on to it. Just get on with your day. You'll, you'll probably start to notice more moments of mindfulness through your day. This begins to kind of weave a little bit of a thread of mindfulness through your day. So, um, but you don't have to try. In daily life, I find trying to be mindful continuously People basically give it up because it's so the, the the pulls out of mindfulness are so strong in daily life, and the things that we need to do, the habit of not being mindful in the things we do is so strong, and the, the kind of like with the, the computer programming, for instance, there was no way early in my practice that I could have been mindful while doing that because it took a lot of mental you know, activity to like, no, hold in the mind all of the pieces of that very focused activity. The mindfulness wasn't strong enough to be present while I was concentrating on doing that activity. I did discover over the course of many um, years of practice with this, that mindfulness can go into that activity, but it doesn't happen when I'm trying to do it. It's a kind of a gift that the momentum of mindfulness can um, infuse any activity that's happening. But trying to do it while we're trying to do something focused and concentrated, it seems to kind of break up the, it's kind of like you have to think, okay, can I be mindful of, oh, creating this line of code? Okay, ooh, create the line. Oh, can I be mindful of the next thing? And it, 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 it kind of breaks up the, the flow of the the activity that we're doing. So at first I encourage people to not to try to hold on to mindfulness. Just let those moments come up, recognize them, appreciate them, and then get on with your day. So that's the first tool I'd like to offer for mindfulness in daily life. And uh, there's a few minutes for um, for comments or questions. So any any comments or thoughts or reflections? Tui. Okay, so I've been trying to be aware, I mean to be mindful when I'm cooking. And so when mindfulness returns, you know, I also asked a question you said, you know, like you always said before, uh, what does it feel like? I I don't feel anything, but um, I just said, oh, thank 
I'm glad that it returns. And then I just, um, instead of, like you said, just go on, I would ground myself. I would pay more attention to the feet and the hands. Is it okay? Definitely. I mean, so a couple pieces you you, you mentioned. One, one, um, you, you don't feel anything when I, when I, you know, like, what does it feel like for mindfulness to return? You don't re- really feel anything. Um, that's, you know, that's often what happens early on in our practice in terms of recognizing what mindfulness is, and especially in daily life. You know that you became mindful. So one of the things you could do there is just to say, yes, this is mindfulness. This is what it feels like to be mindful. I don't, I can't really describe it. I can't identify it, but this is what it's like to be mindful. And, and so, so just kind of like connect with that, you know, it's like, okay, this is the, the, this is what it's like to be mindful. And then in doing something like cooking, you know, this is another piece I often suggest um, and I can bring it in here and maybe elaborate a little bit more on it um, um, the next time that, um, Another useful tool to bring in is something that we have to do that doesn't take a lot of mental energy, like cooking, you know, often, you know, there's a little bit, you know, you have to maybe follow the recipe or, you know, kind of think about the ingredients and things like that. But, you know, while you're doing a particular piece of it, like, okay, here's all my vegetables, I need to chop my vegetables. You know, while you're doing a particular piece of it, there's not a lot of thinking that has to happen. And so you can kind of ground yourself in that. Okay. And so um, in those kind of situations, and I, I will often suggest like a chore that you have to do, like making your bed or brushing your teeth or, you know, something that takes a few minutes of time to um, to explore the possibility of extending the mindfulness throughout that activity. So throughout the, the, the preparing the meal and, and doing things like connecting with your body there, that's useful. You know, it's like, okay, can I be with my body while I'm doing this? And, and that's often what happens to me too in the kitchen. It's almost like a natural thing almost that the, the body movement, there's a lot of body movement in the kitchen, you know, and it's, it's almost a very natural place for the attention to ground or land. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, while you're doing something that doesn't take a lot of effort, or if you can allow the mindfulness to continue, and I often mm-hmm. find that mindfulness will come back in the kitchen and it's like, yeah, there's no, there's nothing I have to think about right now other than what I'm doing in here. And so it's a little easier to, to, have the intention be in that moment. Yeah, I'm going to stay with mindfulness as long as I can. Um, so there are t- times in the day where that's useful. And, and there can even be, I sometimes encourage people to, uh, to like make, put notes in certain places, like, you know, like on your bathroom mirror, you know, be mindful while brushing your teeth or something um, um, on the refrigerator, you know, so that there's something. But I have found that when I put notes around the house, I have to change them up, you know, because because it's like I'll just see right past it after a little while, you know. So you, you, you have to, like, change color, like have a bunch of different color pieces of paper and change the color regularly or – make the, the, you know, draw a picture or do something different. You have to, you have to change it up because it doesn't take too long before the mind will just like go right past it. Um, but, but, but finding ways, you know, props or things to help you remember 
is is perfectly uh, legitimate in this daily life practice because it is so hard. It is so hard to remember. <laughs>